Hi, my name is Ashley and welcome to part two of the 2022 recap. By the way, if you haven't already done so, I invite you to listen to our first part available on all platforms. Still with Sébastien McMahon and Marc Gagnon, we continue our review of the year. So Marc, Sébastien, hello again. Hello Ashley. Hello Ashley. <laughs> so can we maybe talk about the elephant in the room that has been mentioned a number of times all over the news? It is the R word. So the recession. Yeah, sure. So 2022, we avoided the recession. We did talk about the recessions quite a bit. And in fact, in the US, we started the year with first quarter, second quarter of negative growth, which when I was at university, I mean, this is how they taught us that, you know, that was the f- definition of a recession. But now it turns out there, there there's a committee, it's the NBER committee in the US that decides when there's a recession. They look at, you know, uh, employment, uh, spending, industrial production and all of that. And it seems that the conditions were not enough to say that there was a recession in 2022 in the US. In Canada, the economy actually was pretty solid, starting to show some signs of weakness as we're getting late in the year, especially when you look at the domestic side of things. But when you look forward to 2023, then the question, you know, it begs the question, where will growth come from? It's hard to see it. And we still think the odds of a recession are about 70 to 80 percent, both in Canada and in the U.S. Yeah, I agree that uh, recession uh, is probably coming, and uh, uh, you know what? That's that's probably what we need to see at one point. Uh, you know, inflation to 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 comes down. Uh, one thing I, I think, though, it's not going to be a too severe one, a too deep one. Uh, why? One for one, uh, I think that uh, uh, the. Um, the labor market is, as we know, is pretty strong. Uh, we know that people, uh, there's a lot of job openings right now. Still, it's coming down a bit, though, which is what we need to see. Uh, but uh, what's what's will happen is is someone will be probably less afraid to lose his job, or or even if he lose it, to to not find another one. So then people continue to to consume because you know it's not like oh I might you know be six months out of job, three months out of job. I have to to save. I have to be quiet in terms of buying stuff. So I think the consumer will continue to 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 support in a decreasing way the economy, but not to the point that it will you know, stop everything. And I, I think that at the end of the day, that's good because it's not about inflation. It's not about having a job. It's about compensation. How fast your compensation is growing. So we have to separate the two. You know, like we have to hope that people will keep their, their job, but not with a too high, you know, compensation package, like rising, uh, you know, salary, like five, six, seven percent. We need more three to four. That's what we need, uh, I think, for uh, for the next uh, the next couple of months, at least uh, yes, 12 so to 18 months. So the economy won't fall off a cliff, but a soft patch, of course. But you're right that, you know, if uh, salaries continue to rise at such a hard pace that's going to make the job of central banks even harder. That could push the recession to being even deeper down the road. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think they won't stop. Uh, you know, they won't lower uh, interest rate anytime soon, and they might even keep to keep increasing it for a while if they don't see you know salary and compensation uh, fall back a bit. Uh, so that's the negative side of the the recession. But having a recession where people are not too afraid to lose their job, it's it's going to be better than usual on the other end so yeah. 
And all of this, if I understand correctly, is linked to what the Bank of Canada and the global central banks are doing, that is raising interest rates at a pace that seems historical. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's kind of hard to, to know where to place central banks in this conversation because it's kind of everywhere. But, you know, what we just discussed here that, you know, we have the economy slowing down, of course, it is... It is a result of central banks you know, fighting inflation. And to fight inflation, you need to curb growth. So that means that you need to slow the economy down. And usually you see the, the central banks, they slow it down a bit too much and you have a recession at the other end. So recession, of course, 2020 was a global pandemic. 2008 was a great financial crisis. 2000 was the bursting of the dot-com bubble. So it's not like we're talking about, you know, these big types of uh, of recessions, but central banks, they had to, to fight inflation. They had to wait a little bit because yes, inflation was at 5% in January 2022. Central banks still waited a little bit because we still had, you know, restrictions for COVID in January. Uh, the job picture was very negative in Canada in January. Uh, they needed to, to, to see that, all right, the job market is rebounding. And, you know, the next date was March. But, you know, at that time, early this year, central banks had both feet on the, the gas just uh, stimulating the economy. They had to remove boat feet, move them to the brakes and apply boat feet to the brakes. So that leads us to late 2022. And this is where we're at now. Now the question is, how long will they keep boat feet on the brakes? That's the question that, you know, that's going to determine that's how the, the markets the behave. $1 million question yep. that we're all asking ourselves. Some people, though, are a bit, uh, you know, the, they're not really happy with the fact that the, the central banks took a bit too long before starting to put the, the, the brakes on. But you have, uh, as we said at the last episode of, of that podcast, we have to remember that uh, the war in Ukraine was uh, unforeseen and uh, that really uh, added the fuel to the fire. And I think that's what uh, got uh, the central bank, uh, the central banks a bit behind the ball. They had to adjust. And, uh, and now they, I think they are back on top uh, which was not the case maybe three, six months ago. They're, they're, I think they're holding the thing, uh, right in hand, but, uh, they, they have to wait for the fire to calm down, the uh, fire being the inflation. So, uh, it will take some time. Uh, some people don't think that the risk is that the recession, the, the economy can suffer more than expected. So, but, uh, hey, there's always a good side of every, on everything. Uh, then, I mean, the pivot will come a little faster. Yeah. But, one thing that we learned for sure this year, and actually we did a podcast on this topic, monetary policy and fiscal policy, they need to work hand in hand, not one Absolutely. against the other. What we learned from the UK, I mean, you have the central bank, the Bank of England that was, you know, putting the brakes on the economy and the government decided to, you know, borrow to spend and to, you know, cut the taxes on the rich to stimulate the economy. And, you know, Mrs. Trush, she lasted 44 days before what we call the bond vigilantes coming and, you know, just, you know, saying, all right, we don't want none of your bonds, interest rates rise, pension funds having some issues, and you have to unwind all of that. So likely no one, no other country will be tempted to play that game in 2023. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, uh, the warning from bond vigilant was severe. It was spectacular and I think that every government around the world took notice that uh, markets are there and they're they're watching them uh, if they do silly thing uh, like uh, you know cutting uh, cutting taxes for the rich I think though that 
about uh, with the kind of inflation, we talked a bit about the food inflation being where it is at 10. They foresee that we can, you know, start to read report that forecasts are about 5 to 7% for next year. I think it's important on a social point of view to have uh, uh, economic policy that are tailored for people that need them, not the rich. So you need to have a very tailored, well-tailored uh, social policy to help some people by the government. But uh, yeah, you have to make sure that not go too far for a lot of reasons because you're destroying the work of the central bank first. And second, if you put uh, the bond market uh, after your tail, I mean, it's not going to be pretty, that's for sure. And if I go for a, maybe a, another topic here, I hear a lot of my friends that are talking about the prices of their houses or even their ability to afford their own house. Is the worst behind us? Likely not. Um, you know, monetary policy works with a lag. So, the, you right. know, when they hike rates or cut rates, takes a while for the effect to be fully felt in the economy. And economic research has been pretty stable through the decades. It's, it takes between six and eight quarters, so one and a half to two years before the full effect, you know, is felt in the economy. So the last part being the labor market. So that's the last the last piece of the puzzle to react. But housing is upfront because, you know, the uh, how the uh, the mortgage rates in, they have an impact, uh, direct impact on housing. So housing prices Prices were, were up 50% on average in Canada during the pandemic. Now they're falling, which is normal. How far will they fall? How long will they fall? How, how far? I don't know. But how long? Likely all the way into 2024, we could see some pressure on the housing sector. And, you know, maybe more in Canada than in the U.S. even. Yeah, no, you're right. The uh, the, the housing market is the first victim on, on the war, of the war against inflation. That's for sure. Uh, and also... Uh, yeah, Canada, you know, when you, you want to, to evaluate the impact of, you know, interest rates on the housing market, you look at the, the structure of that housing market. And uh, Canada, has a, Canada has a weaker, you know, structure, if I can say on that front, uh, because uh, we have a lot of variable rates, uh, uh, loan mortgages. Uh, in the U.S., it's, in Canada, it's about a third. In the U.S., it's 1%. Uh, you know, and in Canada, the average term is between three to five years. In the U.S., you have terms of 15 years, 20 years, and even 30 years. So imagine you're fixed for 30 years. You know, you look at those interest rates right now and you laugh. You know, you, you, you pour your another beer and you, you sit down and you watch football. Yeah. That's it. In Canada, you get nervous. You stop consumption. Yeah. You still watch hockey, but you know, yeah, but or maybe you drink more. Beer. Yeah, you, you, you drink water, I guess. So. <laughs> maybe I'm going to allow myself a question here. I was wondering why is it that in Canada we don't have, like, for for example, personally, I tried to get a 10-year fixed loan and everyone's eyebrows went up this high. Why is it that they have such long fixed well, terms? Well, part of that is regulation. Another part is you know the, the way the Canadian banking system is structured. Is it, it kind of well it. It, it, it's structured like that because, you know, the legacy of the system, like we have, we have a, a small number of large banks and they tend to be well behaved. You know, they're not playing cowboys like some, some banks in the U.S. So maybe it's a legacy thing. Maybe it's a regulation thing. I don't really have the, the specific answer, but, you know, we, uh, all, every country tends to have, you know, there's a, their little rules and habits. So. 
Yeah. yeah. It's more easy in Canada to have a, a variable rate, for example. Yeah. And for once, we're more liberal than the US. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good thing for consumer. If you think that interest rate will go down, go with a variable rate. But if you think that interest will rise, go with fixed rate. And then you have more choices in Canada. And, and some people say, oh, I, I don't feel like being protected, you know. No, you took your decision. Make sure that you're well, you know, advised before taking that decision because you have more power. But like they say, with more power comes more responsibilities. Yeah, absolutely. Great quote from Spider-Man right yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. And so anyone with investments feels like the last year was particularly tough on their portfolios. Yeah. And the, when when you look at the markets, you, you need to understand that it's it's a movie. It's not like a, a few snapshots one after the other. It's a whole movie and things are cyclical. So we started the year with rock bottom interest rates, lots of liquidity being injected in the economy. So everyone was talking cryptos and NFTs and all of the, the, this stuff. So when you have high valuation and low interest rates and then interest rates start to rise, you need to expect the reverse. So 2020, 2021 were great years for the markets, excluding, of course, the V-shaped bear market that we had in early 2020. But uh, we started the year with high valuation on the stock market. Uh, so that had to come down. High valuation on the bond market because interest rates were low. So that had to normalize. But now that we're at the end of 2022, stock market already down 25% at the worst in October, in one Wall Street at least. Uh, interest rates are high. So looking forward, now we're you know in pretty good shape. Yeah, and I uh, think that in Canada we did we did better than mm-hmm. that because uh, we're a bit uh, less exposed. And then, uh, when there's inflation, I think that the uh, economic cycle, the the fact also that we're more exposed to commodities helped Canada. And and furthermore, this year we had a kind of a special situation for energy with what happened with the war in Ukraine, sanctions against Russia, uh, uh, fear of missing uh, natural gas, enough natural gas in Europe. So. Canada did, did better, especially the energy sector. And commodities in general also did, did not too bad in, in Canada this year. So that allowed us to maybe, uh, we're going to end the year close to zero, minus maybe somewhere, I guess, between minus two and zero, I would, I would, I would guess. Uh, so, and, and I think that uh, that's uh, very positive and that's bode well also for 2023. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to recap 2022 in the markets very quickly, rates were at rock bottom and they had to rise quickly, so that shook the market. But that puts us in the right position for 2023. Maybe we could, you know, dig into that in an eventual outlook for 2023. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much to both of you. And I think it's normal that, you know, our listeners may have questions or uncertainties, but we'll be back next year in 2023 to answer all of your investment and economy questions as best we can. And so from all of us here at the In Your Interest podcast group, have an excellent holiday season and we'll see you in 2023. Love this podcast? Want to know more about economic news? Follow our In Your Interests podcast, available on all platforms. Visit the economic news page on ia.ca or follow us on social media.